welcome to episode number 123 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As we continue in our series of podcasts on the topic of miracles, we're going to get into something today that I believe will open up your eyes and help us to understand and believe that God is in the miracle business and that His Word tells us so many ways that we can anticipate and with have an expectation of great results to our prayers and that we can envision and anticipate what's going to take place in our prayers as we pray for miracles to take place. So I've entitled today's podcast, How Can Faith Claim the Miracle in Advance? You see, before the miracle happens, I believe the Lord can give us an assurance of what's going to take place, can give us comfort and peace and hope and joy with this incredible anticipation of God working out that miracle. So we're going to head in that direction today. But before we do, let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to take over. Heavenly Father, I come to you and ask that the Holy Spirit would come into this podcast today and make it so living and so alive that people would catch and understand what your word says about an anticipation of miracles taking place in their life. And I believe that there are people who are listening in today who are in need of a miracle. Something great needs to take place in their life. It may be physical. It may be financial. It may be relationship-wise. It may be a number of things. But Lord, whatever it is, nothing is too difficult for you. So I believe that your word is going to come forth today as we read it and study it and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us and instruct us and reveal to us exactly what it means to help us to have a greater faith to understand that miracles are part of a Christian's life. I thank you for it in advance, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord, to wait upon you to see what's going to take place as you bless and touch those who have tuned in today. I'll give you praise for it in advance, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I find it interesting that we're going to be talking about believing for something before it happens. And here the Lord had me pray. And if you just noticed twice in there at the end, I said in advance. We believe for something to take place in advance. And so that's the theme of today's podcast is the theme of what our faith should look like and how we should believe for things before they happen. You know, it's kind of like when you're planning to go to Disneyland or go take a trip someplace or go out to a nice dinner or maybe even see a, a fun movie that you've been wanting to see or whatever it might be, football game, whatever. And there's an excitement, there's an anticipation that something good is going to happen. You know, Oral Roberts was famous for making a statement on his television program and radio programs, and he said, something good is going to happen to you today. So I want you to claim that. I want you to believe that something good is going to happen as we get into the topic on our faith can show us in advance what's going to take place. So with that, I want to tackle a number of topics today, but let me start off by asking you a question. Can faith be big or little? Think about that. Have you ever thought about that? That whether your faith can be big or little? Well, it's something you need to stick in your mind and think about that. Is Do you consider your faith big or do you consider yourself having little faith? But regardless, we all have a measure of faith. We all have a portion of faith that God has given us. But when we talk about miracles, we need to first address our faith. I don't think we should get into miracle talking and teaching until we once again talk a little bit about faith. And we, we read that in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. I'm reading out of the... New Living Translation, and it says here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Wow, 
I guess we shouldn't go into the topic of miracles until we examine a little bit of our faith and understanding what it means to have little or great faith. Now, as I've said, I believe that faith can be great or it can be little. And it's mentioned in the Word of God numerous times about that same statement. You see, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, we are given a measure of faith when we become followers of Jesus Christ, when we've given our life to Him. And if you've never done that, you've never settled your relationship with God, you could do that right now and say, Father, the Bible tells me that if I need you, if I want to receive you, that you'll forgive me of my sins. And so I ask for forgiveness and I submit to you. I pledge my faith to you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. We've got to believe that. And that's that first step of faith that we receive will come to us right after we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now we need to look at the Bible and see what it has to say about great or little faith. So with that, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew, starting in chapter number six and verse 30. In this teaching, Matthew is recording in chapter 6 about the teaching about money and possessions. It's a power, powerful teaching. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus is talking about not worrying about things. Don't worry about this stuff that we think about and often get so concerned about. And he talks about our finances, that we shouldn't store up our treasures on earth and that we should store them up in heaven and, and do things that are going to impact the future and eternity, he says. And then he talks about the, that your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. And it goes, it goes on to say that no one can serve two masters, meaning that you'll love one and hate the other, so you can't serve both God and money. And there's a lot of teaching about money in there and possessions and all that. But then he goes into this talking about how God wants to help us and take care of us. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25, New Living Translation, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. See, one of the one of the successes of having miracles take place in your life and having the faith to believe for miracles is not to worry. We cannot be worrying and be anxious about everything. We've got to trust God for everything. It says here, whether you have enough food or drink, don't worry about it, it says, or enough clothes to wear. It isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing. So Jesus is teaching this that God, it goes on to say that, look at the birds, he takes care of them. And here it says here in verse 27, can all your worries add to a single moment to your life? So he's saying, let go of the worry. So if we can get over that, we can just get over that hurdle, then you'll have that first great step of faith to believe for a miracle that you need in your life. Verse 28, he says, and why worry about your clothing? <laughs> and the lilies of the field grow and they, they're beautiful. And Solomon could never have anything as beautiful as the lilies of the field. And then in verse 30, the one that I want to focus on now, and it says, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Okay, that's the beginning of talking about what's the difference between little faith and great faith. A lot of folks have a difficult time believing for great things. But you see, we serve a God who is unlimited. There is nothing he can't do. And we have a tendency sometimes to say, well, this is a pretty tough one. Let me let me give you an example. We have little faith in things like you have an unsaved family member or an unsaved friend, someone that doesn't know Jesus. I have a lot of wives over the year come to me and say, Pastor, my husband doesn't know the Lord. He's not given his heart to the Lord. And he's becoming a very angry man, a very evil man. He's got an alcoholic problem. And I know that he's just, it's impossible for him to find God. And I always like to stop them and say, first of all, we got to get rid of that thought that it's impossible because with God, all things are possible. And when we say that it's, it's impossible for a certain person to get saved or it's impossible for someone to be healed, we show a very tiny little 
measure of faith that we have. And that faith that we were given when we became Christians has not grown, has not prospered. And so we need to come against that little faith. And Jesus was talking about that. And he gets pretty bold about that as we look at another scripture. In this passage of scripture that we find in Matthew chapter 8, starting around verse 23, I need to give you an example of when the storms hit us in life. And this is where Jesus calms the storm. But we have the storms in our life. That's probably one of the reasons you're listening to today's podcast is that you're having a storm in your life and you need a miracle. Or you know someone else who's facing a storm in their life and they need a miracle for God to, to show up and show his power and his strength. I'm reading in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23, New Living Translation again. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. See there, they went out on the boat deciding what they were going to move on to their next avenue of work. Verse 24 says, Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat and Jesus was sleeping. Now look at that. Jesus was sound asleep in the middle of the storm. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. You know, it's one thing for these ordinary people, just like you and I, just average people, to feel that way and get excited. It's another thing. These were the disciples. These were, these were supposed to be men of great faith. These were supposed to be men who were leaders and vibrant in their faith. But here they were facing a storm, and the first thing they said is, we're going to die. First thing they're going to say is, we're going to die. I know that as in all the years that I've been a pastor, I've had many times when people have called me and say, Pastor, can we meet? Can we meet? I'm, I'm going to lose everything. I, I'm, I'm just, I need to talk to you. So we'll meet and they'll say that they were just told that the doctor found a mass in their body and that they thought they were going to have cancer and going to die. And I said, well, has he diagnosed it with cancer yet? No. Did he tell you that you were going to die? No. Well, see, when that happens and we get that announcement, we basically have a little faith. And we're just like the disciples who were in the boat. We're saying, help us, I'm going to die. You see, and I can, I can be very strong in making that statement because I have had the doctor tell me I had a mass in my body or that I had a malignant tumor in my, on my kidney and that I had incurable bone marrow cancer and all those things. I've seen that. I know what that's like. And I know it's terrible. And it's a horrible thing to hear. But, but I don't want to walk around where every time a storm hits, I just fall apart and collapse and think I'm going to die. Now, please forgive me if I'm being a little strong in this. You might think, well, you know, maybe you've got great faith. I'm not saying that I have great faith. I'm just saying that I just want to believe that God is able to meet whatever happens in my life, that God will never allow me to experience anything that's greater than what I can handle. That's what his word tells me, and I'm believing that. So how did Jesus respond when they said that we're going to die? Jesus looked at them, woke up and said, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. It says, then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. There's that word suddenly again. First of all, it was suddenly the storm came upon us, and that's what happens in life. I know what happens when the doctor says you've got cancer and you may not live more than 60 days or six months or two weeks or whatever it is. And I also know it's like when the doctor says suddenly you've been healed. A miracle's taken place in your life. So that miracle can take place in your life. And so let's move forward and let's move away. Let's just move away from that statement of little faith. Now, if the Bible talks about little faith, it also talks about great faith. That's why I made the statement. I believe that we can have little faith and we have great faith. I'm going to talk a little bit about how that relates to miracles in just a moment. But let's read another story in the book of Matthew found in chapter 8. I'm once again reading in the New Living Translation. Let me read this to you about the 
faith of a Roman officer. This is in Matthew 8, verse 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But then the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. Just just say the word and wherever you are, I know my servant will be healed. He had faith. In verse 9, He says, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to go to say, go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slave, do this, they do it. Now in verse 10, this is where it gets really interesting. Jesus heard this. He was amazed turning to those who were following him. And he said these words to this soldier and to his men listening in. He says, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. That's a pretty powerful statement. Think about that. Of all of Israel, he said, I've not seen anybody with greater faith than this. So once again, now we're seeing an example of the difference between little faith and great faith. So let's continue on in God's word. Let's find another example. Now I'm giving you all this background because I don't want to address the topic of how we can see the end result when we have faith to believe for miracles until we understand the difference in people of great faith and of little faith and that we've got to work on increasing our faith and we increase our faith when we trust God, when we believe God, when we get into his word and read these stories of faith, of great faith, and read the stories of little faith and say, Lord, I don't want to be an example of little faith. I want to be an example of great faith. I want to be a person that that believes and expects and anticipates the answer to my prayers and anticipates miracles taking place. So we need to go to the story found in the book of Matthew, and I think it's chapter number... 15, yeah, chapter 15 in the book of Matthew. I'm going to read about the faith of a Gentile woman. And I'll skip through this a little bit because I don't want to spend too much more time on this this in this area. It says here in verse 21, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Verse 23, But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Get rid of her. You know, tell her to go away. They said, she's bothering us with all her begging. In verse 24, Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. You see, she didn't give up. She asked once and it didn't happen. So she asks again. That answers the question, is it okay to ask the Lord more than once for healing or for a miracle or for something to take place? And Jesus, I think, was looking and watching and he was teaching us and teaching his disciples that, hey, just because you ask once doesn't mean it's going to be instant. You're going to get it. He says, you know, I'm just going to wait and kind of see. That's what he was thinking. Well, of course, he knew what she was going to do, but bottom line, he was waiting for her. And it says, but she came and worshiped him, pleading again, it says, Lord, help me. And then Jesus gets into a discussion about how to do certain things and how things should happen when you do certain things. And this lady was still listening to this and he was preaching to her. And I don't want to get into that because it'll take me off in a different direction. But in verse 28, after this gal plead with him, listen to his story, listen to his teaching, listen to his reasoning, he says to her in verse 28, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Now, what a great lesson we've got here. You see, she had great faith from the very beginning. She had belief and faith and trust that if she went to Jesus, she's going to get healed. Now, the Bible is filled with example of people who had great faith to believe that God would do something. Now, some gave up when they approached Jesus and he didn't answer them right away. 
or he gave them another plan for how to receive the answer to their prayer, and they walked away, and they missed their blessing. But others stayed true. They believed, they trusted, they prayed, they prayed again, they asked, they asked again, and they asked again, and then Jesus then said, you have great faith. So the difference in our answers to our miracles that we desire, I believe, is the difference between having little faith and having great faith. All of us have a measure of faith, and all of us can increase our faith. And we do that by, once again, reading the Word of God, understanding what the Scriptures say, the examples that we see, and like I've given you here today, that gives us examples of people of little faith and people of great faith. And I'm telling you, once your faith grows and increases, you're going to see miracles, great miracles take place. Because remember what I told you earlier in the podcast where the Word of God says in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 6, and it says here, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe, that means to have faith, even greater faith, that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Sincerely seek Him. I believe that's continually going after Him, anticipation of having our prayers answered with an anticipation that God is going to bring forth that miracle that we need. And matter of fact, we get to the point where we just can see it. Now, those of you who have a need for a miracle, for something to take place in your life, whatever it might be, Try to imagine yourself, let your faith expand, and imagine yourself what it's going to be like when God answers that prayer and when that miracle comes forth in your life. So that's the next segment I want to talk about right here in this podcast. We're going to get into that and talk a little bit more now about how we can see miracles come to pass. When we approach the topic of miracles and when it comes to talking about them and believing for them, I believe that God does not look at miracles as being great or little. Now, you may disagree with me with that, but give me a chance to explain myself, and maybe in a future podcast, I'll take that on a little bit more deeper than this. But I believe that spiritually, miracles are all equal because they come from God. It's kind of hard for me to look at God and say, okay, now that's a big miracle and that's a little miracle. You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we we will look at the mountains and say, wow, what a great miracle that is. And we'll overlook the flower in the field because that's a little miracle, but they're both miracles and they're both equal in God's sight because to God, miracles are all equal. I believe that. You see, he's the only source of true miracles. True, honest-to-goodness miracles come from God. Now, it's true that believers can receive the gift of miracles, and I'll prove that as we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 10, where the Apostle Paul talks about that. Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, this whole area, this whole chapter, for chapter 12. And he, in verse 7, he talks about a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And he goes on to explain it a little more in detail. In verse 9, Paul says, the same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. And then in verse 10, it says here, he gives one person the power to perform miracles. And then it goes on to say, talk about prophesying and various other gifts of the Spirit. But think about what he just said there. He says, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. So, some people might say, well, a person can't perform miracles. Well, that's not what the Bible tells me. You see, the miracle comes from God, and the power to get that miracle comes from the Spirit of God, which is God. God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit then gives us, can give us the gift 
to perform miracles. Now, you may never have prayed for that, but maybe you should. I have. I've prayed and said, Lord, I want to be able to pray over people and I want to see the gift of healing operate in my life. I ask for that in Jesus' name. And I ask for the gift to perform miracles, but it's in your name. And everything I pray is in your name. That doesn't mean that I can do this and I can do that and all these things. What it means is that miracle came from God because God is the only true miracle worker and our source of all miracles come from God, but he can impart to us power to perform miracles. Now, that doesn't rock your socks off or shake you up a little bit. I don't know what will because a lot of people don't believe that they could actually receive that gift, but it's right here in the word of God. So there is the gift of healing. There is the gift of miracles. And I believe we should pray and seek God for that, but always realize that that gift comes from him and he's the one that actually performs the miracle. God is the miracle working God. God is the God of creation, a great miracle. But now don't be intimidated by this. Now that's what I'm a little concerned about is that people might be thinking, well, then I won't see miracles if I don't have the gift of miracles. That's not true. That's not true at all. You don't have to have that gift in order to see miracles take place. Let me give you an example. As a young man, I had just accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I was attending a church on a Wednesday night. My wife and I were there. We were excited about the things of God. We wanted to get closer to God. So we went to a Wednesday night service. And in that service, the pastor asked us to pray for this little boy who was up there. I think he was a five or six-year-old young man. And he was going for surgery or something. And he said, we just need to pray for him. So he said, would you all come up front and let's just get around him and nothing crazy, no shouting or jumping up and down and doing stuff that's not of the spirit necessarily, but of the flesh. But he just basically said, let's just pray and believe for healing. I didn't know what it was. He didn't say what the need was, but I walked forward and I closed my eyes and reached my hand in his direction. I said, Lord, I just pray for healing. And as my eyes were closed, the Holy Spirit showed me, revealed to me in my spirit, in my mind, that this little boy had a kidney disease and that one of his kidneys had stopped functioning and they were thinking about removing it. And I prayed, I said, oh God, just heal his kidney and let it function properly and be healed. And I could see the vision of these two kidneys and I pictured, I knew what they looked like and I pictured one was diseased and the other one was healthy. Then all of a sudden the diseased kidney opened up and started to function and blood started flowing through it and that little boy was healed. And I opened my eyes and I thought, wow, what's that? And I was a new Christian. I didn't understand about miracles. I didn't understand about the gifts of miracles, the gifts of healing and all these things. But I knew what I knew what I knew. I walked up to the pastor after service, didn't tell anyone else. But I told the pastor, I said, this is what happened. And he said, that's amazing. He said, because the young boy is going in to have his kidney removed tomorrow. And I said, well, I believe he was healed. And it was new to me. And the pastor said, well, then let me just check with the family and we'll, we'll see what took place. And so... The days went by and then, remember it was Wednesday night and now Sunday came around and the pastor got up and the dad got up that had this little boy and he walked up front and he said that he went into the doctor the next day and the doctor looked at the child and said, there will be no surgery because this kidney has been healed. It's been completely healed and the doctor evidently told him it had to be a miracle because there was no way that this this kidney was going to heal itself. And so they described exactly what took place the way the Lord showed it to me a few days before that. That was a miracle no question about it. It was a divine intervention from God. It was supernatural. It had nothing to do with me and everything to do with God and the Holy Spirit. But you see, when he revealed that to me, I could see that God was wanting me to pray for people who were sick. And it's interesting that the kidney was the issue because all of my life until then, I'd had serious kidney problems. Isn't that interesting? I'd had kidney stones. I had a lot of sickness. And then when I went up to pray for this little boy, the Lord showed me it was kidneys 
revealed to me how it was going to take place. And that miracle took place in that altar of that little church. So God is the God of miracles. And we've got to believe for that. It's This isn't something I made up. This is the true story that took place in my life. And I could give you other examples. And I will as we go through this series on miracles. And all of a sudden, I believe that the Lord was starting to show me that the Holy Spirit wanted to give me the gift of healing through the power of the Holy Spirit, because that's where the gift comes from. And through life as a pastor and as a Sunday school teacher and as a Christian individual, the Lord had me meet with people, pray with people, and we had amazing healings that took place. Sometimes I wonder if I was supposed to be an evangelist to go out and pray for the sick, and just like Smith Wigglesworth did and other great evangelists of the day and throughout the, the centuries. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go to a church and pastor a church be the head pastor and pray for the sick and believe for miracles. And so, no, you don't have to have that gift to perform miracles, but you can pray for those and believe for people to see miracles take place. And you can anticipate them and the Holy Spirit will show you and reveal to you when your prayers are going to be effective and when you've stepped out with great faith and believe for that miracle. Wow, this session's going by fast. So I'm just going to wrap this up very quickly with a couple of statements and then we'll move on in the upcoming podcast to talk more about miracles and about healings and various things. We are now prepared, I believe, to examine, quite frankly, the the title of this message. I mean, it took me 27 minutes of my 30 minutes to get to that point, but it was worth it wait because it's now built us a foundation to believe for greater things. We're prepared to, to talk about the effects of how our faith can claim and believe for miracles before they happen. And it's based upon a number of scriptures that I'll be teaching in future podcasts, but I'm going to leave you with one today to kind of whet your appetite to get you prepared for the upcoming podcasts on, on basically how faith can can see or can claim the miracle in advance and how you can actually believe for that miracle before it happens. It's really based upon the teachings of the Apostle Paul found in the book of Romans where Paul talks about the miracle of Abraham and Sarah that they called for something that wasn't as though it was and believed for it to happen even though they didn't have the physical ability to make it happen and that was to have children. They believed for something that wasn't as though that it was and that's what we're going to base the premise of these upcoming teachings on. So with that, I'm just going to pray and believe that God's going to do something in the next podcast to help us now take this talk on faith, take this talk on great faith and little faith and on miracles, that miracles are from God and that we can have that gift in our life and just see how God expands it and blesses you. Father, thank you again for this teaching, for this opportunity. And I pray now that you would bless it and anoint it into the hearts of those who've heard it. And help me, Lord, as we get into the next teaching, talking about calling forth those things that are not as though that they are, believing for miracles before they happen, and knowing that it's not by by my power, God, but it's by your Spirit that these things take place. Bless it and anoint it now. Open up the hearts of those who are here and listening, for I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that that's been a blessing and a help to you, but it's just the beginning of our teaching on miracles because even though I've laid a few podcasts out there prior to this, we're really getting into the meat of the subject right now, the topic, and I know that God's got a great plan for it. So I want you to be sure and check in with us in our next podcast. That podcast is entitled, How to Have Great Faith for Miracles. Once again, we're going to say focus on the combination of faith and miracles. You can't please God without faith, but you got to have greater faith to see those miracles come forward. And it's going to happen in your life. I just believe it is. I wouldn't be teaching this if I didn't feel that people 
wouldn't grow from it and wouldn't be blessed by it. So I pray that you'll receive this teaching and be blessed and the Spirit of God will move in a very special way and help all of us to believe for greater miracles in our life. So if you've enjoyed this teaching today, I would encourage you maybe to go to my webpage, which is found at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, you'll see that I've written a number of books, several on topics of for veterans and also books dealing with faith. One entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, another entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me, and still another one that I've written there to help you in your finances, and it's entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. So I'm not going to push much on that. I just want to let you know about that, and maybe you'll be blessed by that. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So with that, I want to encourage you to go down the list of podcasts that I've had and look at some of the past podcasts dealing with prosperity, dealing with faith, with blessings, with God's provision, dealing with finances. So there's a lot of topics we're dealing with because the podcast that you're listening to is entitled Quality Christian Living. And it's designed to help people live a quality Christian life, not just a get by life or a I'm going to make it somehow kind of life. Or when you ask someone, how are you doing? And they say, well, I'm still breathing. That's not the kind of Christian life that God wants us to live. He wants us to live a quality Christian life, a life filled with his promises, with abundant living, that we can be more than conquerors, that we can be a blessing to ourselves and a blessing to others, and that we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to help other people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I would like you to invite your friends and family and neighbors and let them know about these upcoming podcasts on faith, particularly in the area of miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe that God is a God of miracles. The fact that you're listening to me and hearing with that miracle of hearing in your in your own body, and then I have the miracle of being able to speak it, and we'll be able to use the miracles of God to teach each other and to learn from his word how we can see greater miracles take place in our life. So I just pray that your faith will grow and that you'll see an abundance of good living and abundance of blessings and prosperity in your life. So with that, I'm going to close with, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. I tell you, I'm excited about the next podcast coming up. But until then, I pray that God will richly bless you in all that you do.